name is Brian Howard. I'm a Calgary realtor who has sold an average of a house a week since moving to this great city in 2003. And this is Calgary Living. I'm interviewing Calgary's top performers as it relates to living and lifestyle in our great city. Some of the podcasts will be real estate decision specific, but most will be about life in Calgary and why we choose to live here, or at least why you should visit. Thanks for tuning in. Well, folks, I have the great pleasure and kind of a funny coincidence to have Velvet Matheson on the Zoom call with me today. Velvet, thanks very much for reaching out and agreeing happily to be on my show. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Velvet lives relatively close to me, although this is the first time we've got to meet face to face somewhat. And uh, Velvet, tell me a little bit about you, your work, where you're in complementary industries. You're an interior designer. Is that how you describe yourself? Yes, that's the technical term, I guess, of what I do and the schooling and stuff that I have. I've lived in the community for quite some time, probably about 15 years now, and yeah. kind of moved into this area. I really wanted a community and stuff that was walkable, that I could go to the grocery store and, you know, everything, restaurants and whatnot, that was really local. So I uh, love that part of it. And this, this is the Marta Loop area. Yeah, yeah, yes. Marta Loop. Yeah. I'm, I'm technically in South Calgary, but, um, yeah. you know, we're all lumped in. Martalupians. Martalupians. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Yes. And uh, yeah, interior design is what my job is. I'm a founder of my own company. It's called Little Red Door. And we specialize really in renovations. I've been working in that industry for a long time, just doing renovations for people. And that can be any number of things that can be, you know, the, the hard stuff like kitchen and bath renovations, or it can be the soft furnishings and window coverings and that kind of stuff too. So kind of the whole gamut. Um, um, yeah, did I answer it right? <laughs> I think you did. Um, and how did you come to live in uh, Martaloop area? I mean, how did you come to live in Calgary? Oh, sure. So Calgary, you know, Calgary in the mountains. My mom's originally one of the founding families of Canmore. So she's one of the original coal money. Wow. Families. So every year of my life was spent in Canmore. And so we would come and do a stop here. I have a, a great aunt that's just a we'll turn hundred this year that's in Calgary. So we would stop and see her. We would come and go to the stampede. We'd go to Callaway park and then we'd go and spend two or three weeks in Canmore. So that's my story of always wanting to oh, get here. Come from where? Grand Prairie. Grand Prairie. Okay. Yeah. Nor Northern girl. So I made my way down. I lived in Edmonton. I lived in Red Deer. I worked for a cabinet company that was based out of Red Deer and I got transferred with them. That's how I ended up here. And uh, I worked with that company for 12 and a half years and um, then just decided I needed new things to happen. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, we could like take this podcast in so many different directions right now and be yeah. on this call for like hours. Although we want to take our, our time into consideration for our viewer, our listeners and viewers. Uh, what strikes you about Calgary Velvet? You know, I'm a big, uh, and I know you're a big runner and uh, mountain biker or biker cyclist. Mm -hmm. um, and those are all the things that I love. I love being outdoors. I love the mountains. I love our pathway systems. I've spent many an hour on my bike. I used to commute back and forth for work uh, on my bike. And I just, I love that aspect about it. I love camping. I love all the outdoor stuff that Calgary really has to offer as well. It's just always been a busy city. There's so much to do here. You know, I was here 
during all my party years too. So, you know, it was Good. nice being, being, having all that element and the livelihood of what a big city offers too. So, you know, all that was really fun. Is there anything you don't like about Calgary? I don't like, well, I don't like what's happening right now. That's for sure. Just this uncertainty of everything, but I guess that's the world, not necessarily mm. just Calgary. Um, Anything I don't like. Uh, we don't have to think about it too no, hard. I, I, I don't know. That there, there's nothing that comes to mind right away about what That's I don't good. like. <laughs> Can you tell the, us a little bit about some of your real estate decisions in Calgary or generally all your life, maybe? Like just sort of like how many how many properties have you owned? Or This is, like, this is my third property that I've owned that I'm in now. And as I said, I've been here for about... I don't know, 13, 15 years, somewhere in there. I originally, I actually still own a condo down on 12th Avenue in Sonalta. And that was my first ownership, home ownership. Oh. That condo I bought and I was renting at the time, needed more space. I always had people coming to visit and I thought, oh, I need a two bedroom. So at the time, oh gosh, I guess that was like 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, at the time, it was just as cheap to buy something as it was to be renting. And mm -hmm. so that's what I did. And I found a, a great spot. It was close to 17th Ave. And, you know, it was really a kind of a central spot to do all the things that I wanted to do. And from there, I moved to the area by Westbrook Mall, just in behind Westbrook Mall. Westgate. Westgate. I did a joint venture with some friends and we bought cool. a duplex and we turned it into a fourplex. Wow. And I lived there for two and a half years and I rented out my condo. I couldn't sell it at the time. So I just ended up renting it. Can you give me an idea what year we're in now? Uh, so, well, 15, 17 years ago. So this is before the boom, maybe? This is it like was 2003 just, or four. Listen, listen, I had really good luck in real estate with that property. <laughs> Can't, right. I mean, now not so much. I, I mean, thank thank goodness I made that money because I don't know what's going to happen with <laughs> right now. Yeah. Um, I did buy at a high time in here, but I was able to do that because I sold that property for so much. I think we doubled our what we bought it for to oh, what we sold it for. So, okay. okay was, so um, for the folks that are like yeah. are not deep in real estate, Velvet bought her first condo, I think it's an altar around 2001 when like it was just starting to rise in prices. Yeah, then she so bought in Westgate. Yeah. A, a duplex that she turned into a fourplex, probably, I'm guessing, probably in 2004 or maybe even up to about October 2005. And then in, in December 2005, that's when the market took off. She got lucky and sold it about what year do you think? Oh, well, it's two and a half years after we bought it and we doubled so like 2007 maybe, like which yeah. is the boom. I bought the residence that I'm sitting in right now in January of 2007 yeah. and closed on it in July of 2007, which was the very height, the highest, well, actually not the highest, highest prices ever because the, the, the home I'm in now is worth a, a bit more than I paid for it and really significantly more, but it's gone up and down, up and down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, that's interesting. Well, good for you. And it's neat to say that, you know, it, that you were lucky because lots of people just think they're smart. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know if that, I don't know. No, I would never say I was smart. I just got lucky. <laughs> it's well, real estate, like, you know, people like the, the, the people that have done really well in it, like consistently, often they tend to think of themselves as smart as opposed to lucky and the people that have had a little more struggle and stuff. Well, bless them well, because we, we, we blame it on luck. Yeah. Anything else. Bless them because it's very scary. It's big ticket items and it's lots of money. And uh, 
Well, it's that's the part of Alberta and Calgary that you know I find a little stressful and maybe don't like is the boom bust cycles. Yeah, kind yeah. of where where I'm going with that a little bit. The boom bust and cycles kind of one of my standard questions I like to ask people is how do you deal with it? Have you had people close to you that have suffered because of the boom bust, or do you personally save for a rainy day? We know we all know that bumper sticker. Please God, give me another boom, I won't piss it away this time. Uh, it's, it's kind of a familiar bumper sticker that we see in Alberta from time to time. Any thoughts yeah. on that, Velvet? I think I've been pretty frugal in always. I'm not a big spender of things. I mean, yeah. of course, I love to travel. So that's where my my money tends to go more than buying things and, and spending it that way. I do save for a rainy day because yeah. you want to do those nice big trips and really enjoy them and do that kind of stuff. I don't know. Nobody ever gave me this information in hindsight. I wish I had always thought about it, that when you have a house you should almost like, it's like you're paying HOA fees or condo fees or something that that money you should always be tucking away for the furnace or the fridge, you know, just need a new paint job or something. Um, Reserve I know- fund. Yeah, the reserve fund, exactly. I don't know that I had ever really thought of it in that way. And it's only until you kind of are in it and need to redo those things, especially if you're in a house that's more, you know, for more than five years and stuff. It's funny because I have clients like that all the time. The deferred maintenance is what we call it, where you do need to touch your paint up because it does get chipped in those areas and colors change. And to keep it, if you're going to sell it, people are looking for that maintenance to have been done. And so kind of both edges of that sword, I guess, about making sure you're doing all the things you're supposed to be doing, but keep a nest egg in there for the nice. bigger ticket items. The unfun stuff like furnaces right. and hot water yeah. tanks and <laughs> that stuff. Good. Well, I mean, that's like funny for you to say the unfun stuff like that, but lots of people like it's unfun to paint too, you know. Well, that's <laughs> There's more visual reward. (laughs) I'll tell you, uh, two weeks ago, we finally changed the paint color in my basement. Again, I bought it in 2007. It was a bungalow, you know, 1950s bungalow with lots of updates and renovations and built out and everything. We're very comfortable here now. But guess what color it was? We bought it in 2007. It was updated at the time. I won't make you suffer, but it was that beige that's everywhere. This color right here? (laughs) Actually, I I have a story about that color too, but maybe I'll save it. Anyway, I cannot look at that color anymore, beige. And we just got it painted white and I'm so happy. Yes, right? We're just, we're in the process of doing that too. I usually have a big picture behind me, but we just took the artwork down because we're starting baby steps. It's just, you know, when your house is full of stuff, it's hard to do the paint and get everything moved around. Yeah, so yeah, that. Just yesterday, I showed a designer a short-term rental that we have a mission, and it was uh, not that color behind you, but it was a kind of a green that, you know, I just assumed she's going to say that I have to change it. And she said, oh, I kind of like this vintage uh, paint. And I was like, so happy to hear that because it just saved me, you know, X thousand dollars. But anyway, that's kind of funny. So tell me a little bit more about your business, Velvet, interior design. What does your ideal client look like in Calgary and how can we help you? Yeah, sure. It's been an ongoing process. I've been like a lead designer that has uh, technically a contractor to a contractor where they have a design portion in their renovation package that people would buy. And I really found that it was really hard to advocate for both the design things that we do and for the client when I was working kind of under a contractor per se, you know, it never felt like I could really 
I, I'm going to tiptoe a little bit about how I word this, but, you know, really, really fight for all the things that, you know, we talk about. There's such an amount of detail that goes into finding out what a client wants, how it's going to, you know, or if they don't know what they want, they just know, know something's not working. So there's lots of like questions and lots of kind of defining what it is that they really want, not just what they are saying out loud, but, you know, kind of get to the underlying things that are, that's going to make a house either work for them or a new home that just needs a few of those things to, to really work for their lifestyle. My company has been open since 2008. So that's 13 years, I think this year. And just in the last probably three or four years, really starting to define and working for with the the actual homeowners, the people that own the property and doing it so that we can really advocate for what they wanted, really understand the design concepts. And we're not kind of trying to compensate for some of the budget things when we've signed a contract with somebody and they really want to Mm. keep everything in a certain, oh, I don't know how to word this. Uh, just just really making sure that what we get at the end result really is what the client wanted and not having to compromise too much. Now, renovations, there's always a bit of compromise because we don't always know all the aspects of it. But, you know, my whole thing is really trying to find out how we can make something a really great design and look beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you can make bad design look beautiful too. And it's mm-hmm. not until you're living in it that you don't get it. So my ideal client is that person that just really wants their space to work for them, that they are some decision makers. They have to be able to make decisions mm-hmm. about budgets, about what they want to have and how they want to live in the space. So that's my ideal client. Okay. And so when you're designing, is it more about like the the space and the walls and where things are located, or is it also furniture and pictures and art and um, colors and it's kind of all of that. Um, We always start with the floor plan and making sure I do floor plan drawings and space planning for the clients so that if we need to take a wall down or if we're doing a kitchen renovation, I spent 12 and a half years working for a cabinetry company. So I know cabinets very well and doing that design aspect of it. I mean, most renovations start with kitchen and bath designs, honestly, but I do all the furniture and stuff as well. We do packages up where people give us a budget and say, Hey, we need these amount of pieces in our home, do up a spec sheet so that they can go shopping for it. We also offer where we can get all that stuff on order and place it and basically stage the whole house for them as well. So it just depends on what people are looking for. Window coverings and that kind of stuff, the soft furnishings. I tend to do that after the other aspect, the other design aspect of it. I don't have a lot of people that just want to come and look for furniture. I have a handful of them, but mm-hmm. I would say more of it's, um, you know, we need to take a wall down or we need to make the kitchen better. We need to make the bathroom better and those things. So, yeah. Interesting. Good. Uh, I guess I asked this question for myself. Do you find that there's uh, like people will make the decisions and they'll choose not to ask you because maybe one, they don't know that it's possible to ask you. Number two, it might be too expensive. Or number three, why would they ask you? Because shouldn't they just do it for themselves? How do you handle those kind of objections? Or how do you educate people to actually call, pick up the phone and book you in for a consultation? And do you do consultations? And what does that look like? Yeah, for sure. I have a whole bunch of packages kind of set up. So we usually do an initial consult where it's actually a working meeting. So we do, you know, uh, 90 minutes either in your home or on a Zoom call. It depends on what we're doing. Sometimes when it comes down to color and, and those kinds of things, it's really hard to do on a computer screen. So those types of things that I like to do in person. Um, I, I get all of those objections. 
Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, sometimes people just want to hire a contractor and just get it done. Well, there are contractors out there that do have a design component to that, but not a lot. Most of them are like, well, you just tell me what you want to have in here and we can do it. And I think one of the, the downfalls of sometimes for people, there are some amazing people that have great eye for color and all of that. But I think the majority of people that look to hire some expertise in doing this is that they can't see the, the whole picture. And that's my expertise of seeing how the one thing we pick in this area, how it relates to the other areas in the home. And despite what people think, you can't have everything, not everything you choose in your house, will you love? Mm -hmm. You might like it, but we want the one thing in there to be what you really love. And then yeah. the rest of it to work and really enhance the part that you really, really love. So yeah. you know, that's fine tuning and figuring out what that is for people too. You know, space planning is just such an important part and really understanding what's not working for people. Um, that's been some of the best feedback I've had from people is what would you change if we were to do this all again, what would you change? And you know, 95% of them would say nothing. And that's we've got, great. yeah, we've got reviews and just a whole process of really listening to people and whoever you hire, whether it's me or, or anybody, just make sure that they're listening to what you're what you want and that you like them. This is a long process to do renovations and you really need to like the person that's coming into your house and to really truly believe that they're listening to what your wants and needs and stuff are too. Hmm. Good. Very good. A, a real estate coach told me many years ago, and I might find this interesting, you know, the easiest way to sell someone a house or to get them the right house for them is ask them what house they were living in before. So if they grew up in a two-story or they had a two-story before, that's what they want. <laughs> or a bungalow. It's like people want the same thing. So I think that it's important, uh, I would guess, in your business and mine to um, ask people questions to, and maybe expose them to something else uh, that they may not be familiar with. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I do a lot of marriage counseling, which I'm sure you do too, yeah. <laughs> on these things, but it's always some, okay, well, tell me why you like that. I'll answer the question that they've given me, but just try and get more information. Like, well, why are you asking me that? Like, here's what I think, but why are you asking that particular, I can't think of a question right now, um, of why you want to do that? Or yeah. what is it? Sometimes we have to start with people with, well, what don't you like about your house? What right. don't you like about the colors in here? Or that road as well. So for some reason, we're a, a society that knows what we don't like, but doesn't really know what we like. <laughs> True. Well, Velvet, in respect for our listeners and yeah. viewers, I'd like to kind of maybe wind this down a little bit. A few questions to ask is first, how do people find you? Are you on Instagram? Is it a website? What's the best way? Yeah, kind of all of those things. We're on Instagram. Um, Little Red Door Inc. is the Instagram account. We're on Facebook. Uh, we're on Hals. We're on LinkedIn. Really, you can find me. <laughs> There's a website right. too. LittleRedDoorStudio.com is our website as well. It's still under construction somewhat, but um, you can book a call in. Um, we offer 15 minutes um, free, you know, talk about your project, really see if we're great fits for each other, looking, you know, what you want to do. And, and those things kind of breaking down some of the budgets and really talking about projects too. So you can book that call right online whenever it's convenient for you. And then if you want to proceed further, we'll, we'll give you the information, of course, on that call and uh, let you know what the next steps are. So, yeah. Excellent. Good, good, good. And uh, for fun, I wrote down a long time ago some questions that you might ask a guest, and I have never done it. 
And it just happened to have the folder right here. And I thought it'd be fun to do it with you. These are called rapid fire questions. You what's, your, what's your favorite word? Uh, fabulous. What turns you on? <laughs> uh, good food. What sound or noise do you love? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? What profession? Uh, I'd like to be an outdoors person. Is that a, <laughs> is that a profession? Uh, like a like a professional hiker or something? <laughs> oh, cool! Like a guy yeah. or something. Nice. Oh, 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 wait! I'd like to be like a professional athlete. I, I'm not, but I love to do like all kinds of different sports. And if I could have ever made it, I think I would have been a good <laughs> a good competitor. <laughs> Which sport would it have been? Oh, oh, trick. Uh, I, I love cycling. I love swimming. I love, uh, I used to love running, but I'm getting old, man. It's hard on my- Yeah, it's, I find the same thing. I'm trying to love running again. So yeah. I'm picking up my frequency to try. I think you have to run like at least five times a week to enjoy it. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, okay. As, as, as an aging athlete, I, I should say that. Like I used right? to run- twice a week or maybe four times and I just loved it all like this is 10 or 15 years ago I yeah guess. yeah time the years go by let's go to the next one room desk or car which do you clean first room thanks so much for being a guest on the show <laughs> thank you those are so fun <laughs> we could talk forever I could tell <laughs> we'll continue to connect okay thank thanks you so, so much, much. Thank mm -hmm. you.